Hello, listener, and welcome to Into the Character First Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to providing deep dives, impressions, and reviews for specific characters out of your favorite comic books. My name is Mike, and I'm joined by... Audrey. And... Charlie. And special guest... Jeremiah. Back Woo! for another one. The <laughs> king of Patreon. King of Patreon, yeah. King of patrons. <laughs> Uh, so we are continuing our Hellboy run here. So we are doing Hellboy 2, uh, Curse of the Golden Army. What is it? No, uh, <laughs> Hellboy 2, The Golden <laughs> oh, Army. Is it, just, is it just The Golden Army? Why did I want to say Curse of the Golden Army? Can I also be? just read a name on here and I thought it said uh, Montrose Buble. And I was like, I don't know who that is either. Okay, <laughs> I, I need to stop. All right. Uh, it's, Michael, it's Michael Buble's brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. His long lost cousin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also funny, Charlie. Is I know that we went and saw John Mayer in concert, but sometimes I just think it was Michael Bublé, and I was like, "That's not right. Those are very different people." You went and saw John Mayer in concert. Yeah, with Charlie, it was a mandate. You've gone to Wu Tang Clan and John Mayer. Yeah. Charlie's also been to Wu Tang Clan with me. That's great. You guys are very interesting. I did go to Michael Bublé. I think that same year. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I thought you went. I did not go to that one. That was that was just John Mayer. No, I went with Nick that time. So mm. that checks out. That checks out. It's very funny. <laughs> I mean, the, the John Mayer tickets. That was an interesting scenario because I was supposed well, to yeah. be with another individual, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then we pivoted, did and some, then it, it was just some relationships end, and or... it was just two grown ass men in college and a Michael <laughs> at a John Mayer concert, surrounded by. <laughs> did you guys have the candlelight candlelit dinner beforehand? Still, or did that get rescheduled? No, I don't think we did because because <laughs> okay. neither one of us was living in Milwaukee at the time, so oh, okay. no, so we had we to like were... drive down. We were both very. Assuming... I mean, I was broke. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just assuming it's mostly women at that concert. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It like if I had put my arms out and spun in a circle, I would have hit like 30 women. Like <laughs> it's it's probably it's probably what the Taylor Swift concerts would be today. Uh, yeah, similar clientele. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Different vibes mm-hmm. for sure, but yeah, similar clientele. <laughs> All right. Uh, now that we've done that, we're gonna <laughs> dig into uh, Hellboy to um the golden army rises again or whatever i don't care the golden army <laughs> rise of the golden army <laughs> yeah the, the golden army that doesn't show up until 16 minutes left in this two-hour movie interesting mm-hmm. interesting so, choice <laughs> uh all right uh let, let's just go so we got uh christmas eve 1955 oh, you don't want I... oh yeah that's stats all right yeah you're right you're right i have I just... it this time okay you got stats it's just <laughs> yeah stats. So, sometimes Michael has to be like, Audrey, do you have stats? And I go, what? <laughs> I've never even <laughs> thought about that. Uh, so Hellboy 2, The Golden Army is directed by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, the story is by Guillermo del Toro and Mike Mignola. And it was released July 11th, 2008. Runtime is 120 minutes. The budget was 82.5 to 85 million and it made one hundred sixty-eight point three million at the box office. Yeah, so uh, by Same all measures, yeah, by so. all measures, a much bigger success than its predecessor, uh, but apparently not enough of a success to get a third movie. So, hmm, and I wonder why. Yeah, no, actually, I, I read about this. So they're like, uh, to this day, uh, Rod Perlman and uh. Uh, uh, I got Guillermo it. del Toro uh-huh. both want to do the third movie, like the, to this day, like want to <laughs> reboot and do Hellboy three. Wouldn't hate it. Guillermo's kind of a nerd, though. Yeah, 
So, and they pushed for it, and when um, Hellboy, the new Hellboy rebooted, apparently they started, both uh, Guillermo and Ron Perlman both started Twitter trending to try to get Hellboy 3 made. So, that's great. Uh, (laughs) That's giving me um, Donald Glover should be Spider-Man vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's actually do this now. So we got Christmas Eve, nineteen fifty-five. Adolescent Hellboy, played by uh, Montes Ribe. Uh, she is a thirty-four-year-old woman, I believe. Is she how old she was when th- that scene was filmed? Which is wild because she plays uh, child Hellboy, which is crazy to me. Um, uh, but, it's those. It's like the adult women who play Peter Pan. Yeah, no, it yeah. makes sense. It was yeah. just it surprised me when I found out. Um, so preparing for bed and request a story from his father. Uh, Professor, what what is his name? Room. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Because it, it says like Brutenholm, uh, played by John Hurt here. And I was like, it's just Broom, isn't it? So the professor tells Hellboy the legend uh, about a war between the humans and the people of the mythical like of a mythical realm. King Baylor, leader of the elf race, commissioned the creation of a golden army that is seventy times seventy magical or mechanical soldiers. Seven times seventy. Mm. No, seven, so, 70, seventy. Is it seventy? Yes, it's uh, seventy-seven. Oh yeah, because it's forty-nine hundred. Yeah, it's forty-nine hundred. Yeah, because uh, they repeatedly use the number seven in this movie. Like it's like a biblical thing. Well, it's and, fine. And then also like the auction item is seven seven seven. Yeah, yeah. And it starts off at like seventy thousand dollars or something. Anyways. Hmm. Uh, so Baylor received a crown that would allow him or anyone in the royal blood to command the army. The golden army attacked the humans with no mercy, and eventually Baylor became consumed by regret. A truce was called between the uh, the two factions. The human given control of the cities, while Baylor's elves would keep to the forest. As a peace offering, Baylor shattered the crown and gave one piece to the humans, and then kept two for himself. Sure. For some yeah. reason, well, well, he has two kids. One <laughs> well, did he at the time? I don't think I don't he know. did. Yeah, no, he did. He did. She was in <laughs> yeah. the background as a little puppet. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, they were twins. So I, yeah. I yeah. think I would yeah. hope. I don't. I don't know how elves work, but <laughs> okay. One's born this year. No. <laughs> so uh, one thing I want to bring up. So Prince uh, Nadia Nada Nada. Yeah, it's Prince Nada. Um, he. Also plays the brother in Blade Two, the weird uh, blood sucking brother. Um, what is it? Uh, Nomad or yeah? So he plays both of them, both Guillermo movies that came out within like very close time periods of each other. Guillermo's plays, got a team. He's got a team, <laughs> and he likes weird brother sister dynamics, wh- specifically with this man Luke uh, Luke Go- Goss <laughs> as the brother. Huh. Uh, Danny yeah. Elfman also wrote music for this movie. And Doug Jones is in it again. Yep. Uh, So, you know. Three roles. Yeah. 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 He's all over the place. (laughs) He's the man in the prosthetics. Yeah. So, um, anyways, he split it into three parts. One for human, two for himself. Again, not really explained why that, like, why didn't he give any to the dwarves or anything? Um, Were there, oh, the goblins or whatever that made the (laughs) golden army? No, no, it was the Lord of the Rings joke. Uh, Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Oh, It's it's very, like, video gamey, the, you know, three pieces, and you gotta find the pieces and put them together. So there's these three Triforce pieces. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, someone didn't agree. It was Prince Nada. Um, I I kept saying Nuada. No, I think it's just Nada. Okay. It might be Nuada, but I, I thought know. it was just Nada. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. The prince went into exile, vowing to uh, return when his people needed him, and the Golden Army w- went into sleep mode, and that was that. 
So uh, in present day, the Luke Goss, uh, he plays Albino Man, uh, is how he's described in this recap, uh, is practicing, <laughs> you know, some sort of martial art. It There's so many cuts in this little scene. There's like 25 cuts in this like 15 second <laughs> he little... He spins and it's like spin. four different edits. Yeah, it's like four different edits and then he like jumps and does a big flip at one point. It's fine. Uh, but it's the prince. Uh, he's returned from exile, and he is joined by a monster known as Mr. Wink, played by Brian Steele. Uh, one fun thing about Brian Steele is he is already like six foot seven, uh, and he wore stilts to wear play this role that brought him up to like seven six. Dang. And the costume weighed like a hundred pounds or something like that, and he lost a ton of weight during this the shooting of this movie and water weight. Wow. So, oh, um. So Brian Steele also played um, the cathedral head, the Fraggle Wump, which is the old lady in mm-hmm. the in the Monster Con, and a crony troll, the spy shop owner. Oh, the the one who has a baby for a tumor. Yeah, yeah, a tumor, a tumor. So they, they each each actor like uh, extra actor in here plays like a dozen roles. It's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so. A prestigious auction house is selling off several rare artifacts, including human uh, the human's fragment of the Golden Crown. Never really explained why that just kind of got released into the world, but sure. So the prince arrives, takes the crown fragment, and dispatches uh, some mysterious creatures to dispose of the humans, uh, because he has something he bought that day to kill them. It's fine. So at the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense, uh, Agent Tom Manning, played by Jeffrey Tambor, has a meeting with Abe Sapien, played by Doug Jones. Uh, Doug Jones does voice Abe in this movie at this time uh, because previously the voice actor, he plays uh, Dr. Frazier. It, yeah. He plays Nigel on Frazier. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. It was David Hyde Pierce that originally, yeah. and he actually originally didn't take credit for the role. Uh, he said because uh, he felt that Doug Jones embodied the role and he didn't feel right about taking the credit for the role from him. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and then they also wanted to leverage the big name for the voice for Abe in Hellboy 1, but he refused to do any promotional stuff for it. Mm. So then he was just mm. kind of there. Uh, so. <laughs> well, this guy's not interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also the agent that uh, was in the last movie, uh, the, the like our point of view character in the last movie. Gary Stu. John Myers. John, John, oh, yeah. John Myers. John Everyman. Uh, he was, uh, he had a play that he was in that he could not uh, get out of or something. I forget what it was. I, I looked at it at one point. It was very funny to that, me. That Yeah, because passing a movie for a play is not, not, not a great interesting look. financially. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so Manning is mad at Hellboy. The BPRD is still under an undercover organization, but Hellboy continues to let himself be seen in public. Uh, and it's making, it, like, we get a huge thing about why uh, Manning really hates YouTube and stuff. So that's <laughs> fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they mentioned in this scene that uh, Agent Myers was transferred to Antarctica. Yeah, yeah, Hellboy had him transferred to Antarctica. So they Pretty that's funny. how they wrote, wrote him out of the movie. It's just like, you know, he was kind of the point of view character in the last movie, but he will not be here. <laughs> um, it's fine. Yeah. 
So, uh, Abe explains that Hellboy's relationship with Liz uh, is tense at the moment. They seem to be fighting a bunch, which is causing Hellboy's erratic behavior at the moment. Uh, Hellboy, played by Rodden Perlman, uh, gets blasted through the wall of his room by uh, his tele- uh, pyrokinetic girlfriend, Liz, played by Selma Blair, who has become extremely angry and used her fireball powers to send him flying, uh, having more control over them now? Yeah. She, I mean, kind she, of. I don't know. It. It, well, he can take it, but I don't know. The the walls are fine. They <laughs> they rebuilt those walls a lot. The control that she shows in this part of the movie is not demonstrated anywhere else in this movie. So, yeah. anyways, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Hellboy, Hellboy's team is called to investigate an incident at the the incident at the auction house. House uh, Manning gives Hellboy a pack of Cuban cigars as a bribe in one last attempt to persuade Hellboy to be more discreet. Uh, So at the auction house, uh, Hellboy and the others learn that there are no survivors of the 70-plus guests that were reported to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, Abe searches through the text to find what what might have caused the attack, and he finds boxes marked with the royal seal and uncovers an example of what the boxes might have contained, small winged creatures known as tooth fairies, which... uh, Guillermo does use once again in another movie. Uh, literally, it's don't be afraid of the dark. Yeah, don't be afraid of dark. Literally, the exact same creature is pretty much used. It's a, they're both good movies. Oh yeah, for well, sure. Well, what? Well, don't be afraid of the dark is a good movie. <laughs> Hellboy Two is a movie. It is certainly a movie. <laughs> Uh, but they're called tooth fairies because they feed on calcium, uh, apparently going for the teeth first and like drilling into people that way, which honestly, if uh, horrif- horrifying, if true. Yeah. Uh, we they don't- do the same thing and don't be afraid of the dark. Yeah. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So while using uh, well, Abe, while using his psychic talents to try and find the creature, uh, brings his cl- his hand very close to Liz's tum tum, and senses that she is uh, pregante. So classic. They're fighting because she's pregnant. Yeah, but she doesn't know she's pregnant. <laughs> no, she doesn't. So that's cool. So she's just hormonal and emotional, yeah. and yeah. she's like, "I need space. I need to nest," because she her woman brain can sense that she's pregnant. <laughs> Um, Charlie, ha- being the only works, one here right? with children, is that exactly how that yes. works? <laughs> no. Okay, perfect. cool, cool, perfect. <laughs> Confirmed? All right. Am I pregnant? Am I a pro- Am I pregnant? Uh, not again. <laughs> not again. Uh, so Hellboy and his fellow agents are suddenly swarmed by the ravenish tooth fairies. Why they were hiding? Again, never explained. Uh, but dramatic pause. Also, one thing that really bugged me and Audrey at that point in the movie is when they're like, "Have you looked at the floor?" And then Hellboy's like, "Oh, oh like- shit!" And the floor's covered inches high with goopy flesh and like poop from these little shit gremlins like it's absolutely covered nobody noticed this before yeah. <laughs> before abe pointed it out yeah before walking around for a few minutes in this interesting point. it's wild um so they're swarmed liz uh, they they shoot uh liz having firepowers determines that bullets is the best course of action uh we do have one random agent that lasts like much longer than the rest of the agents never explained he's just kind of there for a while which is pretty great uh abe's having a bad time (laughs) every time the bprd why do they send regular agents out there because every time they go out they're just fodder that's all yeah 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 they're just fodder uh well they they should have caught uh kept agent myers around longer he would have just gotten killed eventually Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. 
Maybe they know Hellboy is just a little bit stupid and he needs time to figure out how to fight him <laughs> like or fight the monster. Yeah, and they're like, true. yeah, we got to have throw a couple of guys in there to slow the monsters down. <laughs> so Liz does activate her fire powers uh, to incinerate all of the creatures. Um, she is telling people to like run away. That's true. Before yeah. she lets loose. Yeah, she does have Abe run away because Abe, uh, being a fishy boy, is not fireproof. He makes it into like a vault um, to hide. That's where he takes refuge at the time. But she activates her powers, incinerates the creatures. The resulting battle uh, yeets Hellboy outside. Uh, she does tell Hellboy to get away from the window. And he's like, you know what? What if I post up even more square with the window? <laughs> he's literally standing there with his arms. like He's like, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Very intentional. Very intentional. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he gets shot outside in full view of news reporters. Uh, the BPRD is officially exposed to the world, even though they've been exposed multiple times. <laughs> So, meanwhile, uh, the prince and Mr. Wink come to speak with King Baylor, played by Roy uh, Dutris. Uh, Baylor is content to let the truce between the humans and the elves stand. Uh, seems like he doesn't really care that much. It seems like the He elves... just wants to stay in hiding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also or... has a bunch of guards that are very, like, um, uh, Silent Hill-esque. Like, <laughs> I-, I was like, why are they so... So much like this, I don't understand, but... Can I just say that I really like how he designed the elves. Like, yeah. I thought the art direction in this movie was really good. Yeah, it it felt very, like, uh, like low... Not low fantasy, but low fantasy fifth element. Like, the, oh, that's the vibes I got yeah. from it, so that was cool. Uh, but uh, he he wants the truce to stand, and his uh, daughter Nala, uh, not as... See, again, I was saying Nuala and Nuala. Yeah, I think Nuala, it's Nuala. Nuala. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's Nuala. Sure. Yeah. You, you got to pronounce every letter because it's Gaelic? Question mark? <laughs> Question mark? Uh, anyways, it's the princess twin. We'll go yeah. with princess and princess. Prince from- <laughs> princess twin. <laughs> uh, played by Anne Walton. Um, yeah. uh, and the princess is in agreement with the king. Uh, but the prince uh, feels that the humans are in very greedy and will soon force the mythical creatures into extinction which you kind of already get the vibe that their your you know their culture and their people are already in decline and there's not that many of them left which the prince uh promptly kills a bunch of them anyway so that's mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, pretty cool mm-hmm. so uh hellboy watches the news reports about himself in on a wall of tvs for some reason and one of the tvs is a helmet uh, for some reason also, not entirely sure what the point of that was, but... It's kitschy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Hellboy is de- delighted by all of it, but Liz, um, who is currently taking a pregnancy test, is furious about Hellboy making them public because um, she doesn't like people staring at her, which, sure, why not? Uh, that's fine. Tom Manning tells Hellboy that Washington is sending down a new P- BPRD agent as a result of Hellboy's latest antics, and Hellboy is not thrilled. Um, it, we see him a little bit later. He's gassy boy. Uh, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. So they've decided they need a team leader who's good at strategy. <laughs> yeah. Instead of no strategy whatsoever. Yeah. So we cut back to the elves, the, the king and the prince continue their argument. The prince refuses to back down. Uh, he will do whatever is necessary to make the magical world safe from humans. The prince kills all of the guards and his father and takes a the second piece of the crown 
The princess flees from her brother with the third and final piece going into hiding. We also find out here that when the prince gets a nosebleed, the princess also gets a nosebleed. Mm -hmm. So it's like a one-to-one, like one gets hurt, the other one gets the full amount of damage as well, Uh which seems like a bad job but i wanted her to be super ripped because he was doing all that training right like she should just be randomly getting muscle mass (laughs) (laughs) that would make a lot more sense than what we see anyways anyway uh so everyone at the bprd is awaiting the arrival of the new agent johan kraus uh, voiced by seth mcfarlane so fun thing about seth mcfarlane is he was not the original voice of johan kraus uh he was actually replaced uh by uh Guillermo del Toro at one point and apparently the first time he did the voice uh, he did it as Peter Griffin the second time he did the voice he did it as Ted which is just Peter Griffin light and then uh, they're just like no you have to be German so then he did it in a German accent Uh, this is also Seth MacFarlane's first major uh, like major motion picture so that was fun I guess so (laughs) i'm glad i couldn't clock it yeah otherwise it would have bugged me yeah i I didn't know it was seth mcfarlane at first which i was glad about because if it was just peter griffin i would have been like nah it would (laughs) have taken me even more out of this movie than i already was so (laughs) so uh kraus turns out to be a very strange person uh there's a containment suit uh that was proportioned like a human to hold the pure ectoplasmic energy that is kraus uh, he inspects the remains of one of the tooth fairies. He injects it with a sample of epto- ectoplasmic energy to temporarily return temporarily return it to life, and so they might learn a little bit more about what the hell was going on. Uh, Kraus translates the creature speak. It remembers the troll languages and other uh, commerce sounds. Uh, Johan realizes that the creatures came from from the legendary troll market, a gathering place for magical creatures. Uh, rumors of the troll market have been, you know, circulating for a long time, and the BPRD has tried to find the troll market f- several times at this point. So much so that both Hellboy and Liz know exactly what the troll market is, mm-hmm. uh, but, but they just don't know where it is. So there are rumors that it might be located under the Brooklyn Bridge. So Kraus takes them uh, a team to search for it. Um, he outfits them with special time dilation glasses. Question mark? Why did he have these? Yeah, why did he have these? Why didn't the BPRD have these like normally? Where did these come from? Not really <laughs> explained. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but they immediately find like a uh, like some sort of mythical creature. It's an old, the old bag lady. She's um, uh, Scottish, and uh, yeah, it, she's gonna like eat some. She eats people. cats. Yeah, it's her thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But Hellboy's Hellboy's not about that eating cats. (laughs) No, he's not about eating the cats. He's like, oh, hell no. Um, Which, hey, you know, all on him. But it sees through illusions um, and that like magical entities have created for. Okay. The time dilation glasses have four crystal diopters. Yes. (laughs) That can see through glamour. Yep. Um, Which those are words that they put in the movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Words that they put in a movie next to each other. I like crystal diopters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they do end up spotting a creature called a Fragglewump, who leads them right uh, right to the door of the troll market. Upon entering, Hellboy is delighted. He can walk among the market's creatures and not feel like a freak or an outsider. Uh, Liz feels less thrilled because she looks... Normal? Normal. Uh, no, Liz isn't here. She's outside. Oh, That's yeah. right. It was Abe. Yeah. Abe was kind of like, eh, I don't know about this. Um, 
But uh, uh, Abe does spot a hooded figure uh, walking away and wearing some sort of royal seal that he found uh, Con- with the tooth fairies. Yeah, she just conveniently flashes her seal and then hides it real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was you very know, funny. Whoopsie. <laughs> she yeah. could sense psychically that plot was happening. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. She needed, we needed plot to happen. And it was really funny because Abe's just like, you know what? I'm going to follow her and mm-hmm. not mention it to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he, he tries and then gets shut down. Abe That's does true. wander though, because he wanders in the last one or in the, in the previous movie too, right? My, my same critique of Abe last time is I need him to be more direct and on point. Let's not ramble here. Let's just say the words. <laughs> like, <laughs> At least he's consistent. He's a consistent rambler. That's true. That is true. Uh, So Mm -hmm. the figure does turn out to be the princess, surprise, surprise, who arrives at at the market's library slash... It's a map store. Yeah. That the King Baylor has hidden a special map at. Yeah. Uh, The the map to the Golden Army. uh, For some reason, just left that out and about. uh, So that was cool. But yeah, there, there's a uh, cylinder that her father hid there. Abe follow her, follows her in, and she confronts him for being a weirdo. Um, the princess is revealed to have some sort of psychic power similar to what Abe has. So they uh, learn about each other. The through, ET. Yeah, they through a hand touch. Uh, and Abe's like, you know what? I did like that, like that brain OC. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing now. <laughs> So, <laughs> it's pretty much what happens here. I don't know what else to say. So, at that moment, Mr. Wink comes in and uh, attacks the princess. Abe encourages her to flee while Hell- Hellboy eventually shows up to fight Wink. Um, after a, you know, pretty long fight. It was pretty decent. I, I wasn't mad at it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Hellboy does get Wink to unintentionally commit suicide uh <laughs> um, yeah he gets stuck in a big old cheese grater yeah. that squishes up trash i think yeah i think it was trash I, we saw it in the background it was before. a bone cruncher i think it's a meat grinder because i think earlier you see them put something in it and it comes out and like there's at the uh, bottom you can yeah it looks like a meat grinder mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but it was massive and uh did not have any like railing or anything mm-hmm. like that it doesn't follow any of the applicable osha <laughs> there, regulations there's like, no osha yellow <laughs> <laughs> no, no no osha at the uh secret uh, weird <laughs> fantasy market under the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, the, the troll yeah. market that also has a black market. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I like that. There's great. a black market within the <laughs> troll black market within yeah. the human market. Yeah. So, anyways, um, so Hellboy uh, pro- proves to be victorious. They speak with the princess, who explains that she has the last piece of her father's crown and the cylinder from the shop that contains the map to the location of the Golden Army. Uh, Kraus is worried about bringing the princess back to the BPRD because of regulations, question mark? Uh, it was, they were going to, like, expose their location. Yeah. It was dangerous to bring an outsider. Yeah, but yeah. Hellboy argues with him, so Hellboy wins. Sure. Uh, we also do find out uh, somewhere around this point that the prince can locate his sister, so now knows where everything is. So that's cool. Um, but I guess that makes more sense why Wink kind of showed up where he did because, mm-hmm. you know, the the prince knew where he was. But uh, the prince is also informed by a small, like, little gnome-like creature that Wink is dead and he do, he do get very sad. Yeah. And, ang- and angry. Sad, angry, and he has a um, Madoka Magica, like, little eggshell with a glowing green light inside. And he's like, well, it's time to use my little green thing. And we're like, what is that? <laughs> 
And it is not explained until it's there. We'll get we'll get there in a second. Yeah. <laughs> so the prince arrives soon after, furious at the loss of his co- companion. He releases the seed. Uh, so the prince shows up, and they argue. They argue, and uh, the prince does. They do do a fight for a little while, uh, briefly, and then uh, the prince releases a small seed, which Hellboy just kind of scoffs at, and they do, all they just they all just watch it. Yeah. Yeah, he releases a seed, and you would think someone would stomp it or grab it or something, but not this until they, there. And not <laughs> not until Abe goes, "Hey, don't let it get to the water." Like, yeah, <laughs> as it's like going through the grate, Abe's like, "Hey, let's let's not do that." <laughs> They're like, they deal with magical stuff all the time. Like, shouldn't there be a procedure for this? You would think so. <laughs> like, oh no, the bad guy tossed something that could be mystical. It's literally glowing. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. That's no, we can fine. just ignore that. Just ignore it. Great. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it gets into the water and suddenly rapidly grows into a multi tentacled uh, forest elemental. Um, mm-hmm. So. The whole, like, the the prince mentions that this is, like, the last of the elementals, like, the last one ever. Uh, So that was cool, I guess. Great. Um, (laughs) Why did you waste it? (laughs) Yeah, why did you waste it just unleashing it here? It does some damage. Hellboy saves a baby, which proves to Liz that Hellboy would be good father? (laughs) Question mark? Is that why they put that scene in there? I think so. (laughs) As they try to prove, yeah. I, I did enjoy. I, I think this scene. One of the coolest things is how he uses his tail in this. Like, because yes. I, I feel like he has his tail and he never uses it. But like, he's carrying the gun with the tail, and then he's carrying the baby, and that was kind of cool. I was like, yeah, 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 no, it was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, he like holds the baby. Yeah, he actually mm-hmm. uses the tail, which is. Great. It's a really good choreographed fight. I, and I, I thought I really, the effects were good too. I think the fact that the gun was called Big Baby was actually more of a showcasing of how he'd be a good father using the gun. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So he does trade in the the Samaritan. Uh, for Big Baby, which is a six-barreled uh, grenade launcher, question mark? Mm-hmm. It's not really explained what it does or what it is, uh, but it does a lot of damage. A uh, super awesome weapon that will never be seen or used again. Um, so <laughs> during the fight with the elemental, Hellboy uh, saves the baby, climbs up on top, does not give this baby to anyone on the ground, even though he had multiple chances to give this baby away. Really? But does... I thought he would have to, like, no. throw it. No. Oh, okay. No, no absolutely not. He, oh, like, this is people after. actively run by him, gotcha, like, gotcha, consistently. Gotcha. It's pretty wild. Um, so, yeah. But he fights, he climbs up, uh, he does a jump in a thing, and then the prince is like, it's the last elemental, he's a freak like you, if you kill him, there will be no others after him, and Hellboy's like, alright, and then yeets the baby into the sky while he loads the gun, <laughs> and then shoots the elemental in the head, catches the baby. <laughs> the best scene in the movie. Yeah. Trick shot. <laughs> Trick shot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those where you like throw like your gun into the air, 360 no scope, and then cut mm-hmm, catch mm-hmm, the gun mm-hmm. again at the end, but this time it's a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I did like uh, the back and forth between the prop baby and the CGI baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was very fun for me. Ah, uh, yes, and Liz sees this and says, good dad. Love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they jump down, and Hellboy, like, the mom runs up. Uh, there is a blooper where she runs up and, like, slips and almost eats shit as trying while trying to grab the baby, which is pretty great. Um, 
But <laughs> so uh, he's like, oh, he's like, can't understand why she's mad. And I was like, bro, you threw that baby so high. <laughs> like, even if you caught it like the softest, that baby got some serious air. And you like climbed a sign unnecessarily with this baby and stuff. But uh, yeah, he's like, why? Why are people mad at me? I saved that baby. <laughs> Please clap. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the the humans start to kind of like heckle Hellboy and call him a freak and all this other stuff. Remember when being called a freak was like the worst thing possible? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like yelling at him and like list steps up to like protect him and stuff like that. And like Hellboy's kind of discouraged because the, the humans will never accept him as he is. Uh, if you want to expand on this more, go see any X-Men movie ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> so uh, later on, Liz is patching up Hellboy, who didn't understand the human's reaction. Uh, Liz tells Hellboy that she's leaving to think, uh, in quotations. Hellboy is automatically assumes that he has doomed their relationships and begs her to stay. Liz asks Hellboy to decide what he really wants, the world approval or her approval. <laughs> Which for me, I was like, interesting, interesting ultimatum. Yeah, isn't it? especially since we explicitly just showed that he will not get the world approval. So uh, Right. I don't know. Anyway. It's fine. All right. So Abe has a conversation with the princess who explains that she is connected to her brother with a psychic link. And now that Abe has shown her that the uh, BPRD, the prince knows where uh, she is. The princess hides the third crown fragment in one of Abe's books that they kind of talked about. The, the, there's something about the color blue. I don't remember exactly He's what like it was. He's like trying to read her memories and it's a blue book. Yeah. And yeah. 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 So in the locker room, Hellboy And is- also Abe is blue. That's true. So, Abe is blue. Just pointing that yeah. out. Uh, so confront. Uh, so in the locker room, Hellboy. It, one thing I want to w- before we move on. Uh, it. I don't know why we needed the love scene with Abe. Uh, <laughs> it seemed real unnecessary to the plot of this movie, but sure. I thought it was vital and necessary. <laughs> I, I'm not mad about it, but it just seemed weird. I think it's necessary for the betrayal at the end, and not really betrayal, but the what he does at the end yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't know the whole thing seemed just a little out of place like i'm all for like yeah fuck the fish man that's great but always (laughs) well i and they they you know abe and and this princess hung out for maybe three minutes in total Mm -hmm. time before this Mm -hmm. i understand that they have the 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 sense you know uh it's not hands it's not but that still to me yeah doesn't doesn't explain any of the romance between them (laughs) It, it kind of feels like, uh, like uh, not necessarily exactly this, but kind of like the Omega verse, like faded mates kind of thing. <gasps> oh uh, my god! So th- there, there's a thing in like very specific monster fucker, uh, like literature and stuff like that of like faded mates, where uh, you are fated to be with like the one person, and when you find them, like the attraction is un like unbearable, and like there's like scenting and stuff yes. like that, where like you like sent the woman, and now you are you know mated for life because you, you like. Bo- shared a connection with them kind of thing it feels very Bro, the only thing very i can come up monster. with that is like in twilight when they imprint yes yes, yes. <laughs> same idea same yes. idea yep it, honestly Guillermo de toro famously huge fan of monster stuff so it makes yeah. sense probably makes total sense for him doesn't really work in the movie no <laughs> no but that, that was i was i literally watched like a bunch of uh youtube videos about the Megaverse recently so that's why i was thinking about why it so you, you watched them without me wait i did why, how did you end up down that rabbit hole 
it was about a lawsuit about something happening inside the Omegaverse. Like, someone was suing someone else because she was claiming that, like, she had invented, like, the, uh, like, heterosexual, like, mating in the Omegaverse. It's, there, it was a lawsuit, like, years and years ago. I don't want to get into it because she's notorious for, like, suing random creators all the time. So, Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to get super deep into that. Uh, I don't, Mm-hmm. Not that, that she's going to find us, but like, you know, <laughs> no, well, just in case. Could. Yeah. No, it was, I was watching about a lawsuit about something weird. Lawsuit so, drama. Yeah, lawsuit drama. It was more or less what it was. It just happened to be about, about the Omegaverse. The <laughs> which is very funny. So, uh, anyways. So, in the locker room, Hellboy is confronted by Johan Kross. Kross wants Hellboy to start following orders and be a good little agent boy. And warns Hellboy that uh, the if the two had a fight, that Kraus would probably win. Hellboy, being undaunted, asks why. He's drunk, too. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Hellboy He's has drinking started... Tecate. Yeah. <laughs> Which, great. Yes. I love that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Hellboy, you know, you know, wants to know, you know, why he would win. Uh, so, Johan explains that Hellboy's temper is his worst flaw. He allows it to get control and get the best of him. Hellboy, uh, proving Johan's point, smashes the helmet of the containment shield. And Hellboy thinks that he killed him for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is very funny. I, if I was Kraus, I would have played up that a little bit more. Like, hmm. oh, no, I'm dying. Like, <laughs> I love this. This is one of my favorite scenes of the movie with the locker fight. Yeah. Yeah, the locker fight's pretty good. So Kraus' uh, ectoplasmic energy takes control of the locker room doors, smashing Hellboy, beating the shit out of him, just, like, taking control of things around him, before taking, like, kind of a semi-physical shape and, like, wandering off. He's like a ghostly figure. Yeah, he's like a ghostly ectoplasmic figure. Just la-di-da-da-da. Yeah, la-di-da-da-da. He walks away very whimsically. Yeah, he, he, like, arms kind of like, whoop, 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 whoop. So anyways, um... I, you you can uh, I know this is an audio format, but uh, listeners, you know exactly what just happened. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Hellboy meets with Abe, who is in the middle of listening to a collection of popular love songs. Hellboy realizes that Abe has fallen and fallen hard in love with the princess. The two best friends get drunk and begin contemplating their various relationships. Uh, Abe is on the verge of revealing to Hellboy why Liz has really been acting so differently lately. When Liz storms in on them, furious that Abe was going to give away the the secret. (laughs) So she doesn't storm in on them. They are sitting like right on her bed while she's (laughs) sleeping. That's true. I did forget about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're like looking at her. And she is woken up by their conversation because they're sitting over her bed while she's That's true. I did forget about that. It's the weirdest, like, setup for how she gets involved in this conversation. I did forget exactly how this happened. This reminded me of me and Michael talking about our cat while hovering over her and uh, (laughs) gazing at her fondly. Yes. Uh, Except she does not like us yet. So. Like something about the fact that she's like sleeping in her underwear though, and is just like these two guys are just drunkenly having a conversation right in front of like it's such a weird It is a know. very weird dynamic. It's really is. weird. I would be unsettled. Yes. If I woke up like that, I guess I would be furious too, regardless Me of and what actually convers- hovering over you <laughs> drunkenly talking. That would be weird. Yeah, it would be weird. Yeah. It would be super weird. <laughs> Uh, so the prince breaks into the BPRD and steals the map of the Golden Army and abducts the princess. Um, we also find out that the map inside of the tube was not the important thing. It was the tube itself that was the map. 
Question mark? Sure. I liked that reveal as a child, but I hadn't seen most like magic tricks or like finger traps or like, you know, those (laughs) cool little 3D puzzles. Yeah. So, you know, really blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He also leaves a psychic message uh, to Abe stating that if, if they were to bring the third crown piece to the army's location, he will spare their lives and release the princess. The prince finishes by stabbing Hellboy with an enchanted spear and then breaking off the tip. So, and it like moves so, closer to his heart if they try to remove it. Yeah. Yeah. This fight has one of I think one of the biggest sins that is a constant in so many especially like superhero movies, but just movies in general, where the villain is constantly uh in the fight goes to kill the other person but lets them live. So he yes. puts the spear at his neck. Puts it's like why doesn't he just kill Hellboy? It makes yeah. no sense why he like. You could film a scene where they're fighting and you know they're equally matched, but to have the villain constantly put his spear to his neck and could kill him at any point, and there's no reason why he doesn't kill him. Yeah, none really, whatsoever. Yeah, like he's like kind of taunting him, but it ends up being Abe the one that like does the stuff that like the prince wants anyway. So and yeah, there's he, really no reason to keep him alive. There's no reason to keep him alive, and he stabs him anyways. Just makes but, no sense. But slower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for for the convenience of the plot. <laughs> this really does feel like a video game in that regard. Like this this is the scene where you take control of the new character now because the main character has been like knocked out of commission, so now you got to go do a side fetch quest. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So despite their best efforts, the spearhead cannot be removed from Hellboy's chest. Any attempt to pull it out forces the spearhead to move closer to Hellboy's heart for magic reasons. It's a magic spear. Yeah. I'm fine with the spear being magic. Yeah. yeah. So Hellboy in pain admits to Liz that she is more important than anything else in his life. Meanwhile, Abe finds the third crown piece in his book and is like, all right, uh, can't find it. Uh, we'll tell no one about this until the very end of this movie. <laughs> um, so analyzing the remain remains of the map, uh, they are able to discover the location of the Golden Army, and it's located in Northern Ireland. Liz wants to take Hellboy there to heal him, but Manning and Krauss are willing to let Hellboy die to keep the Golden Army from awakening. Um, Not really sure how him dying, like, keeps them from awakening. You well, know what I mean? That, yeah, or that just was, like, hey, guys, don't go to Ireland. Well, that <laughs> is that was, what they wanted? So that's the kind of the thing is like, I I don't know how they know that going to Northern Ireland will save Hellboy in this like scenario. Like, it's just kind of said that they will able be able to save him like i don't i don't know why they know that they can go to this like troll cave area my my impression was is that they were trying to get to the prince who it's his spear so maybe they could he could remove it or something yeah but which i don't know why they thought that would work or why marching around while he's got a spear slowly inching towards his heart would be a good idea yeah yeah um and and then also like the BPRD like saying, Hey, no, don't go on this weird side quest. I mean, is objectively the right call. Like I don't just like randomly setting out, like, isn't going to help Hellboy in Mm -hmm. theory. Mm -hmm. They just like, they deus ex machina saving Hellboy in this movie. So like just randomly setting off. And, uh, this becomes like the whole purpose for the end of the movie. Like the last scene of the movie is them quitting the BPRD because they were going to let Hellboy die to stop the golden army returning, even though Hellboy being there, wasn't going to return the golden army. I don't know. It, 
it doesn't make a lot of sense right here. It's fine. Um, so Liz uh, berates uh, Johan for his attitude uh, and like not having a heart and stuff like that before storming off. Uh, Abe and Liz decide to take Hellboy without approval, um, and are, are they're going to make a jailbreak, essentially, because uh, they're desperate to heal their friend. She can't live without the monster, D. Yeah. Also, one other thing. Uh, do you think Hellboy Baby have horns? God. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, like, but remember when, when he was a baby, his were just like little nubs. They weren't like... Uh, here's the thing. You better hope that baby <laughs> comes out feet first. Like, I better hope that those horns are not curled in any way. it was bad if you came out feet first. Oh, it is. But think about coming out head first with those horns. Just <sighs> punching through the side of that uteri. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, you, you can do like a C-section, but still. like. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm saying twice. Oh, yeah. God, oh, yeah, there's, there's twins. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, what no, if she nothing... has a litter? She has a litter two. of Hellboy babies. <laughs> it's not just two. It's like a dozen like yeah. little Hellboy monkeys. Oh, God. Uh, anyways. So, Johan confronts them on their way out, uh, and, and everyone is surprised when he volunteers to help because he has a heart, too. He said, that actually really hurt my feelings, <laughs> and I'm coming, too. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The, the turn here is kind of wild He's for like, Johan. He's like, I can't follow the rules if you hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I I loved Johan Kraus. He was, oh, yeah, I did. It was such a good character as he far as... He was fun, but... Yes. We, yeah. were, we did watch a video about this, and they're like, we want a whole video of Johan. I was like, I don't. I don't want, like, a whole movie of Johan. <laughs> just would. just you. I would like, watch the was, shit out of that movie. He would be fun, but, like, I don't, I don't know. Um, so anyways, in Ireland, the group encounters a goblin played by John Alexander, who offers to lead them to the Golden Ar- Army for something shiny. Uh, the goblin spots the spearhead shining beneath Hellboy's bandages somehow and offers to remove it. He's if- a fae. That's true. Okay. Uh, he offers to remove it if they give him the spearhead as payment. And they're just like, yeah, fuck yeah, I don't care. It's a spearhead. How convenient. Yeah, highly convenient. And they're like, he's like, all right, well, let's uh, gra- he grab some pliers. Let's do this, baby. And they're like, no, no, it's magic. If you try to remove it, he'll die. And that will void our deal or something. Uh, so the goblin brings them before a uh, mysterious winged creature. It is the Angel of Death, Death played by Doug Jones. Um, so the wings and stuff like that were practical, uh, and everything weighed so much that Doug Jones could not walk around with it. That's why he's hovering is because he's suspended by wires. Um, so I think it adds to the ethereal. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's, uh, the best and I love it. And I know it's like the pale man again, but I still love it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it's really, it, it is a very cool, like, costume and stuff like that. He also couldn't see shit out of the, the thing. He was, like, essentially completely blind and could not move. So he was just, like, completely incapacitated by this costume, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the angel knows Liz and Hellboy, calling him by his tr- true name, Anung Unrama, uh, and, and has been waiting for them. The angel cares not whether Hellboy lives or dies, but uh, Liz begs for Hellboy to live. Despite the angel's warning that Hellboy's survival will eventually bring about the destruction of Earth, um, and that Liz will suffer most of all because of that, Liz still asks for Hellboy to live, uh, willing to sacrifice everyone for Hellboy, because he will make uh, an average father. Um, (laughs) Hey, he's there. He is mostly there sometimes. Be there or whatever. <laughs> so the uh, angel does remove the spearhead and instructs uh, Liz to give Hellboy a reason to live. Uh, Liz kneels down and tells Hellboy that he's going to be a father. 
uh, Hellboy stands up, fully recovered, but awestruck about hearing Liz's news. Which Michael and I were like, this would not no. be the, the this would not be the thing for that us woke to choose life. So. Like, <laughs> it's like, you need to give him a reason to live. Audrey <gasps> whispers, you're going to be a father, and I immediately flatline. Like, <laughs> Um. Uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, and then so, and then he instantly stands up like I'm good to go. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, like <laughs> we found the health pack, we're good to go. I we made the deal for the health for the thing. He's like, fine. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> so their goblin guide leads the uh, the goblin guide gets the spearhead. Um, one thing that was also pointed out when I afterwards is he bites it and then says ooh shiny and it's like not what it tastes like like why'd you bite it and then say ooh shiny it i don't taste shiny you know yeah it, ta- it tastes shiny so the goblin guide leads the group to the central chamber of the golden army where prince the prince awaits with uh his sister the hostage uh the princess abe uh does do a double turn and like he's like i have the thing and like throws it to the prince and hellboy's like what no and then (laughs) abe's like you would have done it for liz and everyone's like abe you've met her for like less than a day like i think you guys guys, like read a book at the same time and that was it yeah like you guys yeah you held hands once and now you're willing to sacrifice the entire world they're fated mates yeah they're fated mates It's, it's the only thing that makes sense here so uh, Abe does uh, do a, a turn and gives the prince the last crown piece in hope of freeing the princess. But the prince betrays them again and awakens the golden army. Um, Uno reverse. No one saw that come in. <laughs> He's like, I have everything I want, bitches. You have no leverage anymore. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> despite, the heli- uh, the, uh, despite the valiant effort by Hellboy and the others, the golden soldiers... Uh, appear to be unstoppable. Um, the uh, Johan like de- takes control of one of them, and like Hellboy like beats him up. Honestly, they're kind of punks. Like the the they go down a lot faster than I expected them to. I know that they can just like put themselves back together, but they do whoop the shit out of the Golden Army for like a pretty good amount of time. Okay, the Golden Army was invented before guns, so in That's my true. brain, I was like, we have the firepower? <laughs> question mark. That's what I was gonna say. Like, is the Golden Army really a threat for humanity? Like, it didn't feel like it it's not yeah it, it's really not. yeah you just need like uh, like just a, a weird hint uh about like some oil in ireland and america's gonna be there hard and take on that golden army like <laughs> i i think it would have been more effective to have them like first of all way bigger like taller and just have them like start to light up and then he issues the challenge yes but they needed another like big fight scene here yeah. before another big fight scene. But, but yeah, it would have made yeah. more sense if they had like challenged right away before the Golden Army did yeah. the thing. And, and then we see them like starting to come to life, and he defeats him, and they shut down like, and they're yeah. huge, and they like crash the cave or something. I don't know. Mm. But I will say the the effects of like them coming back together and like I thought that was one of the coolest yes. scenes, just yeah, as far it was as. Very cool. Yeah, and the effects actually look really good in that, where it's all the gears and, you know, have that cool steampunky vibe. Yeah, and it was super nice for Johan to turn the core of the creature a different color, so it was very easily distinguishable from all of the other ones. Blue good, red bad. (laughs) Yeah, uh yeah, yeah, it was very good like that. Um, So Hellboy tries, and they cannot kill the 4,900 golden army people. 
uh, because they are unstoppable, and by unstoppable, they just can't be killed. They they can be stopped. Like, I, I feel like a good lasso would, like, stop a lot of these. <laughs> but, uh, anyways... Uh, Hellboy then comes up with an idea. He challenges the prince for the right to command the army. Uh, the prince is like, nah, you don't, you're not royalty, but the princess declares that Hellboy is born of royal blood because he comes from the, like, because he is the son of the fallen one, so. He's a royal fae, question mark. Yeah, he is a royal, not of this family, but a royal, potentially? So, anyways. Yeah. So thus, the challenge must be answered, and the Golden Army's like, yeah, no, no, that does check out. The reasoning does make sense. <laughs> they all take out their rule books. And they're just like, <laughs> technically speaking, yeah, that does work. Um, He's got a point. So Hellboy fights against the uh, prince for a while across the entire chamber, and at one point, uh, getting the upper hand, but refuses to take the prince's life. Um, after defeating him. Uh, also, those gears don't make any sense because, like, Hellboy rides the gears through and is just fine afterwards. It's like, what's spitting that gear <laughs> that Hellboy was able to ride that, like, all the way around? Magic. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, Hellboy refuses to take the prince's life, but as they fight, the uh, the like, the prince, like, pulls, like, you know, his murdering dagger out. Like, every, every supervillain ever's, like, got that backup dagger just in case I lose a fight kind of thing. Um, and the prince feels a wound that, uh, or I'm sorry, the princess feels a wound that Hellboy inflicts upon the brother. So as the prince prepares to stab Hellboy in the back, he suddenly collapses from pain in his chest because the princess, uh, did, did just stab herself in the chest. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll kill both of them. Um, (laughs) Because she couldn't have just said, hey, watch your back. Yeah, watch out and then throw the knife to Hellboy or something. Like, I don't know. Hellboy, no, Hellboy still had a weapon. It didn't matter. She Uh, was like, I actually cannot date the fish man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Death is preferable to the fish man. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, he he came on real hard, real fast. And I just, I can't. She's not ready for the commitment. (laughs) I I haven't had a boyfriend in over a thousand years. And hold on, because, uh, the the prince and princess are, I think, heavily implied to have an incestu- incestuous relationship. It, it does definitely give that vibes at a few moments, especially and, early on. And I do have a quote from the actor saying, like, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> and, like, okay, great. That's cool. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's not great. Don't like it. But the, the princess stabs herself, so the prince will die. Abe goes to the princess's side and confesses his feelings before she dies. He's like, never had a chance to tell you how much I cared. And then she's like, blah. Like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with this anymore. Well, she says, uh, show me. And then they touch hands. And yeah. She goes, she says something like, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And then they turn to stone. Um, with the prince dead, Hellboy is considered to be the winner of the challenge by default because the other one died. I, <laughs> I mean, technically, he was killed by a royal. I mean, I yeah, that's true. Does that count? Does that matter? I, I need I, to see the rule book. Yeah, the rule book is kind of vague. I, I guess because Hellboy was a part of the challenge when both of the other royals in the room died that, yeah, he just kind of, yeah. he, he goes by default. It's fine. Um, so he picks up the completed crown and contemplates out loud whether the power, uh, out loud, the power of the crown can now give him, Liz takes it from him and melts it before he can make <laughs> any bad decisions, sending the golden army back into hibernation forever. Hooray. 
Um, by this point, Manning and the other BPRD agents have caught up to Hellboy. Manning demands an explanation, but is instead uh, demands an explanation, but instead Hellboy, Abe, and Liz all hand in their utility belts, question yeah. mark, <laughs> and all resign from the BPRD. Uh, Hellboy hesitates only for a moment uh, to reclaim his gun, the Samaritan. Uh, Manning requests help from Cross, but Johanna merely, uh, merely tells him off and goes to join the others. Also having quit, question mark? Yeah, he said, I actually don't like following the rules anymore. <laughs> Even though that's the whole reason I was here, is I'm the rules boy. Um, but yeah. Uh, so Hellboy suggests that he and Liz get a place of their own to raise their new baby. Liz stops him and says, babies, holding up two fingers, a sign that she's carrying twins. Uh, Hellboy can only look on in shock and wonder. We. We. <laughs> we did it. Yay. That was it. That <laughs> was it. it the, the movie ended on the weirdest like shot of of Hellboy. I think he was supposed to be reacting to the to the babies. But it wasn't like, I don't know, it felt like the weirdest, like, ending shot in a movie. It was like, awkward. They're just, like, yeah. randomly on a hill. And it's, I don't know, it's a weird, like, configuration, too, of, like, where they're placed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's very I think strange. That's, yeah. Uh, and I think that's why I don't remember the ending anytime this movie, like, comes up on like well in the past when i'd be like scrolling through the sci-fi channel or something and i'd be like oh hellboy too and then i always catch it at the fight where it's uh mr wink and they're in the troll market and then i watch for about an hour and then i change the channel yeah uh so some fun little facts about this peter jackson approached uh writer and director guillermo del toro to direct halo uh and he turned it down. Uh, he was also uh, set or was also asked to direct I Am Legend, one missed call, and Harry Potter the Half Blood Prince for the same reason. But he turned them all down to do this movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I kind of mentioned it before, but Doug Jones was rendered almost completely blind, deaf, and unable to move due to the prosthetics of the Angel of Death. Just while in costume, not not <laughs> yes. lasting yeah. effects after. Yeah, uh, the wing suit. I kind of mentioned it weighed a hundred and thirty pounds. Um, Jeez. And he also wore t- Doug Jones ahead. is probably ninety eight pounds wet. I've met him yeah. several times. <laughs> yeah, not a large. Uh, I mean, he's very tall and very lanky, but not heavy. Yeah. I forgot that. Is he nice? Super. The nicest person you ever meet. He will hug you. He will touch you. It will happen. (laughs) I love that. Um, Hit me up, Doug. (laughs) uh, Brian Steele, who played Wink, did lose 12 pounds uh, during the shooting of uh, some of his scenes. Um, Oh, Ron Perlman was offered the role of Piccolo in Dragon Ball Evolution, but turned it down in favor of reprising his role in Hellboy. This is That's valid. a good move. Yeah, yes. Good move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the movie was originally intended to be a trilogy, um, and to this day, they are still trying to make it a trilogy, which is very fun. I would watch it. Uh, but uh, the box office numbers took a beating in the second weekend because the release of The Dark Knight uh, released in the second weekend of Hellboy. So their numbers tanked immediately. 
Um, despite making more money than its predecessor, the profit was deemed disappointing, and the studio's, the studio's interest in a third movie waned. Guillermo del Toro has expressed interest in directing the sequel, but has to put it on hold for other movie projects. In 2012, uh, Ron Perlman donned his Hellboy costume to do a to meet a terminally terminally ill boy as part of a Make a Wish Foundation. Um, he this inspired del Toro to do everything he could to get another sequel started. Uh, this hit a five-year development hell where no producer nor studio expressed any interest in funding the project ah, no. uh, <laughs> uh, due to its prohibitive cost. Uh, they were budgeted about $120 million, they were thinking, to make oh, the third come movie. Um, <laughs> at one point, Del Toro wanted to publish the screenplay as a comic, but the this was vetoed by uh, Mike Mingolia, the, um, uh, the writer of Hellboy, who wanted exclusive control over the comics. Um, inspired by the success of uh, Deadpool, Ron Perlman tried to convince fans to start trending Hellboy 3 on Twitter um, to help showcase that there is an audience for Hellboy. In 2017, Del Toro did a similar thing with his Twitter account by posting a poll for followers. If uh, 100,000 votes were cast, Del Toro would have a sit-down meeting with Perlman and Magnolia on the development of a proposed sequel. After uh, exactly 132,098 votes were cast, the meeting happened. However, afterwards, Del Toro made the announcement that the sequel was 100% not happening uh, <laughs> because Magnolia decided to support the reworking of the existing Hellboy 3 script into an unrelated uh, Hellboy reboot, the 2019 movie, uh, specifically stripping out all of the del Torisms, quote-unquote, and making it much more violent. Thus, Hellboy 2 became the final chapter as opposed to the middle. However, after critical and commercial failure of the reboot, Ron Perlman's like, let's fucking do this again! Uh, stated that a third film could still be made if they find a studio interested. Crowdfund it! Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Rupert Evans, the man who played Agent John Myers in the 2004 video uh, movie, video, uh, uh, could not reprise his role due to his casting uh in a stage version of Kiss of the Spider Woman in London in 2007. Oh no! That that is why Kiss he did the Spider Woman. Yeah, that is why a he play I've never heard of. Yeah. Um, Thomas Kretscherman was the first uh, choice to voice uh, Johann Kross, but uh, Del Toro was not satisfied with the result, and then brought in Seth, Seth MacFarlane. Um, <laughs> The start of photography was po- postponed by two months due to Anne Walton's play, who played the princess, uh, being pregnant. She was eight months uh, pregnant when she auditioned for the role. So, I mean, that makes sense. Um, Luke Goss, uh, the one that plays the prince, trained for seven months in martial arts for his role to get up to speed. Uh, I also mentioned he did play in uh, Blade Two as Nomad. Uh, so he, again, brother roles. Uh, Some of the vocal and special effects were uh, actually uh, Del Toro uh, doing the the voiceovers and stuff like that, which was kind of fun. He does that every now and then. Uh, Mr. Wink was named after Selma Blair's pet, uh, a one-eyed dog named Wink. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Uh, Luke Gloss and Ann Walton learned ancient uh, Gaelic uh, so they could use it in their lines, which did not show through at all what no uh, they did they had a that little whole bit section where they spoke only gaelic at each other a little bit i mean it, it didn't... was wild real little real short scene <laughs> yeah yeah 
Um, it, just like in the 2004 Hellboy, none of the cast members' names are written on any of the posters, nor mentioned in the trailers, nor are in the opening credits, which is kind of funny to me. <laughs> that is weird. Uh, hmm. a, a, a par- reportedly, Sir Christ- Christopher Lee was offered the role of King Baylor, but had turned down the role, mm. which is pretty funny. Um, I mean, it's not his vibe. Uh, neither the elves nor the Golden Army appear in the comics. These were all original for this movie, which is kind of fun. Oh, that's mm-hmm. why it's weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Why. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, the tone changes dramatically from the one, first to the second. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's a bunch of other random stuff. <laughs> like, apparently, the the Golden Army was originally going to be underwater, um, <laughs> which was, I was like, okay, I don't know how that fight would have happened, but sure. Um, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Should we move into ratings? Yeah, let's move into ratings. Let's, uh, let's lead off with you, Jeremiah, this time. We started with Charlie last time. (sighs) Okay. Um, I, I thought this movie was okay. I think it had some serious problems and largely, I think probably this film's biggest problem was its female cast or maybe not even the cast, but just. The female acting in this movie, I don't know if it was a director thing, if it was the actors, something, it didn't work, and none of the relationships in this worked at all. No. Like, no, not Liz, at all. And especially, I, I remember watching when I was younger and enjoying it a lot, but as someone who's a little bit older and more experienced in relationships, especially like the Liz Hellboy relationship is super toxic and awful. Yeah, it's no good. It's no good at all. Real bad. There's nothing good there. Like... They're o- they're only going to stay together for the kids, and that's yeah. a bad idea. Just yeah, they're having they're having the kids to stay together is what's happening. Yeah, and I I just like it just really really struck me that Princess Nuala like that acting was some of the most like wooden like some of the worst line de- delivery I've seen in like a mainstream movie, which is weird because Guillermo del Toro normally gets really good performances, so it mm-hmm. just it felt odd. I don't know what happened here. Like I yeah. said, I don't know if it was the actors, if it was the director, or what happened, but something went wrong here. Yeah, um, so, so something, that was something's rough. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> there's something's off. <laughs> What's really, really, really strong in this movie is the design. Um, Del Toro's obvious. I mean, all his fantasy stuff, you know, his creature design, all that stuff is just really good. The CGI is significantly improved in this movie. It holds like, up really well. Yeah, there's almost nothing in it that felt like wonky CGI. The only thing that was Except really, that really wonky. <laughs> the baby, yes. But also, the, the one of the weirdest things to me, they have like two or three scenes where Hellboy is sitting down with his shirt off. And it, the dimensions look so wonky and so weird. Like his head is too big on his body, obviously because of the makeup. But it just, none of it works. I don't know. There's, there's a few like, like choices of scenes that just... Don't work. The, oh, the shower scene, you mean? <laughs> the, the, the the sexy drunk shower oh, scene. Oh, yes, yes. Sexy drunk shower sexy scene. Sexy in quotes. Um, yeah, I. one of the things I could totally get behind in this, like they have no problem killing people, but they don't like animal cruelty. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that. That's great. Yeah, that's fine. I'm cool. Um, like I said, I think, I think the design, I thought the Golden Army looks really cool. The fight scenes are okay, but I think it has a lot less action than pre, than the last one. It felt less action or less dynamic. Um, yeah, I'd say less than dynamic. I think they had about the same number of fight scenes in here. They just were a lot more stationary. Dude, the like 
uh, assassin in the last movie, I've added so much. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, his acrobatics I, really added a new layer that this movie just didn't have. They yeah. tr- tried to kind of do it with the prince, but he just, it's not the same. No. I think the troll market was super cool, but we just didn't get to see that. Like we, it, it was kind of a short scene and we didn't get to see that much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the movie. I think the CGI wise, it holds up. It has its problems. I don't think it's as good as the first one. To me, it's a 3.5. Okay. I'm be okay. generous and give it a 3.5. I like the design <laughs> a lot. I didn't think the story was terrible. It just didn't really work. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. How about uh, how about you, Charlie? What do you got for us? Uh, You know, to be honest, I don't think I'd watched this movie since it came out or shortly after it came out. Just not one of the movies. Yeah, I think I saw it in theaters. Yeah, not it. one of the movies I've gone back to. Like the first Hellboy, I think I've watched since then, whether it's on TV or Whatever the case is, I like that one um, a lot better than this one. I just, I think it aged a little bit better. Um, but yeah, this one was okay. It just didn't capture my attention. I, I don't know if it was something where when I watched that I was younger, it was like more of a novelty or something. Um, but now that we have all these superhero flicks, it's getting, you know, I think it's harder. Uh, I'd, I think I'd go three out of five. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Super valid. How about you, Audrey? <laughs> Oh, oh boy. See, my first instinct was this is a four star <laughs> because I love the designs, but they're not like there could be more of it on screen. Um, I, I do really value designs that like aren't designed for human beauty, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Like they're not intentionally going the opposite way. Like they just they don't want to make them like as ugly as ugly can be, except for that one guy who had a baby tumor. But um, I don't know. I like when things are like a little otherworldly and like, oh, these aren't related to humans at all. Um, the, the standard of beauty is different. Yeah, I like that. Um, I love the fish romance, even though if it's bad, <laughs> because. Uh, I won't even talk about it. It's just Shape of fan, Water too. This is the prequel for Shape of Water. Oh, they, yeah, there we go. This is the incepting of Shape <laughs> of Water. Um, it's not. It's not a great movie. It's not really a good movie either. But I really like it, so I'm gonna stick with four out of five. Um, and I can like laugh at that weird baby. <laughs> That's fair. Um, this is. Uh, I think all of us are having a hard time because we all like objectively know it's not a good movie, mm-hmm. but it does some things really well. Like the CGI holds up well. They do a lot, a lot of practical effects in here. Like there's so many practical effects. And that's part of the reason why I think the CGI holds up as well as it does, because a lot of it's practical mixed with CGI. Um, so that, that that's really cool. Like the troll market and stuff like that is really cool. But it kind of feels like this movie gets lost in itself. Like they're trying to put too many things in at once and not explaining any of it Mm. which it can be okay if executed well and the ideas are interesting enough on their own to hold but i I don't think any one of the ideas that are presented here quite hold well enough like why like psychic incest twins yeah psychic incest twins the fact that like the elves have been around for like thousands of years and there's this army that absolutely Mm. decimated like 
you know, most of the human population at one point, and it's just being dormant now, like, under Ireland for some fucking reason. Why is it in Ireland? Like, I, I know that, like, the names and stuff like that all, like, there's a lot of Gaelic and, uh, like, some of the monsters and stuff like that are directly tied to a lot of, like, Irish folklores and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is cool, uh, but they don't expand on that information. And, like, the fact that they're in Ireland is just kind of seems to be a set piece for them to use some of those creatures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Rather than having it to be an, an actual plot point itself. And it, like, I, I wanted it to be better than it was. Like, I, I, like, cause I love like Fifth Element and like I love, I love when they take a big swing on something. Like, that can be so much fun. It's just, it just kind of goes without ever making sense. Like, the fact, like, the fact that Abe and Hellboy aren't freaking out more or like Liz isn't freaking out more when they're in the troll market. Like there's like thousands of magical creatures here. Like why isn't the BPRD just like just losing its goddamn mind right now? Like they've had access to these goggles for who knows how long and are just chill with this. Like (laughs) Mm -hmm. none of it makes sense. It feels kind of like a weird video game fetch quest at times and just kind of goes, I don't know. I wanted it to be better, so I think I'm going to give it, like, a maybe a 2.5, because the story's just not very good, but the effects are cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm still mad about the, the Earth Elemental thing that they had, too, because, like, <laughs> yeah. it, like, it's, uh, it, like, it slowly dies with, like, sad music, and it's like, and I don't it, know what this creature is. I was told yeah. it was the last one, but I have no emotional connection to it, so the fact that Hellboy killed it makes the most sense right now. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know why this was even a debate in this scenario. <laughs> like, I liked that it's, uh, like, body made New York green. Yeah. <laughs> and that was never addressed ever again. No. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. It, and its pussy juice fell out of its head. Yeah. <laughs> it was a waterfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think I'm going to go two and a half. I, I do remember the whole angel of death scene. Like, I liked what they were setting up for another yes. one. I thought that was actually one of the most interesting scenes of like, hey, you're going to destroy the world. And I thought that was like an interesting premise, but it felt uh like this movie was kind of pointless in the grand scheme of yes Mm -hmm. you know if Mm -hmm. they were making a trilogy it seems like this one was kind of didn't really achieve anything no like maybe it's setting up a a weird backstory in the third one for abe to be sad or like uh evil or like like there's a weird like heel turn for abe or like he he gets like super emo or something i guess like i think the entire point was to get them to quit the bprd yeah. But then, like, you don't need to make a two-hour movie to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, and like, only like the only having one scene that is like once again pointing to Hellboy, like destroying the world, like that that should be more prophesized throughout. Like, I know in the first movie that's like the whole thing, but like this movie like just tacks it in on an extra scene that was contrived just to get him to in front of this angel of death. Like, he gets stabbed by the spear, goes to the angel of death. Honestly, you could cut that entire thing out of there and it would not change the movie. The fact that Hellboy was stabbed, they went to the Angel of Death. Like, that entire sequence could be cut out and it would not change a a single thing. Yeah. So, and the fact that they could just, like, go random places and be like, oh, yeah, no, I can lead you to the Golden Army. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Why does this goat man know? Yeah, why does this (laughs) goat man know? Why does he have this secret, secret knowledge? (laughs) That's whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that he's from the city and whatever, and that's how he knows. But it's I yeah, it, like it just it, it. There's so much like 
stuff in the movie that just feels like it's there just to move the plot along and not yes. for any any real reason. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Any other uh, thoughts or concerns? Anything else you want to bring up? I kind of no. wish we'd gotten mm-hmm. a third one in this series. Yeah. Like, I, I think the cast is great and Guillermo del Toro, the designs are great. Like I would have liked to see, and I, I think if it was close to the, what the first one did, I think another one, especially with better effects and a bigger budget would have been super cool to see. Yeah. What if I just re-edit the first and second movies together and make a new plot? And honestly, you can't, you, you, could, you could probably edit those two together and get the third movie out. Right. <laughs> so, all right. All right. Well, if you like what we do here, uh, be a friend, tell a friend, you know, let other people know, leave, comment, review, wherever you see the stuff. We enjoy uh, reading those things. Uh, we do have all the socials. All of it's down in the link tree link down below, but it's Characterverse Pod, just about anywhere you have a social. Um, and we do have the Patreon as well. I'll keep the streak alive saying I'll add more, and Yay! I will eventually. I think I'm going to start doing some DC movies. I haven't watched any <gasps> of the DC movies. So. I like DC. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to start doing some of the DC movies because uh, I most of the DCM, uh, DCEU or whatever, I have not watched. Um, I think I've seen one of the movies that is in the DCEU. So I think I'm going to start mm. doing that because I think that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, uh, so go ahead and check that out if you want. But for this week, I've been Mike. I've been that weird like weed that oozes a little bit in the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Like from the plant. I'm a dark elf prince looking for a golden crown. Yay! I'm golden boy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Talk to you next time.